welcome you to Stevenson Highkirk here in North Ayrshire on Pentecost Sunday. It's just lovely to have you join us for our worship time. Well, we're now going to sing in our opening hymn, As We Gather Now Together. us unite our hearts in prayer. Let's pray. Gracious and eternal God, please pour out your spirit upon us. Kindle a fire of love and joy. As we offer you our praises and thanksgiving, we also offer you our hearts, our lives, our ministries, our families, the churches we represent. Oh, may your spirit comfort us in our sorrows, strengthen us in our weakness. Forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so warm our hearts and fill us up, Lord. May we experience a fresh your empowering and produce a supernatural joy and praise to fill our hearts. May the fullness of the Holy Spirit now bring salvation to those around us and those we encounter. And so, Lord, may we experience such a day of blessing renewal and revival for your glory and as we pray in Jesus precious name 
we now join our hearts as we share in the Lord's Prayer, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, I'm now going to invite Daniel to come and read to us from the word of God. Thanks, Daniel. Let us hear the word of God as we read in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. This is the word of God. Timbio the glory. Amen. Well, today we celebrate the day of Pentecost. And therefore, let's consider these verses from Acts. Well, after the resurrection, we read that Jesus appeared to his disciples over a period of 40 days, where he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. Then on one occasion, he prophesies over them, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Well, this, of course, was the Old Testament prophecy of Joel. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Well, John the Baptist had also prophesied, I baptise with water, but he shall baptise with the Holy Spirit. In John's Gospel, there in chapter 20, at verse 22, after his resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples there in the upper room. And so we notice that he breathed on them, saying, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Well, the Hebrew word for wind or spirit is ruach. The same word is used for breath. And the Greek word pneuma can also mean wind, spirit or breath. And therefore in the upper room we're brought back to Genesis chapter 1, where in the beginning the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Here we get the image of God breathing over creation. In Psalm 104 we also read, Thou sendest forth thy Spirit, they are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. 
And so we see that the Spirit of God makes every blade of grass to spring forth. He opens every flower and makes every tree to blossom. The patriarch Job also reveals, by his Spirit he hath garnished the heavens. There the Spirit gives all the stars their brightness and beauty. The beauty we see in the oceans, the rivers, in nature, in the skies, in the whole of creation, are all the work of the Spirit. He moves upon the earth, he renews the earth, and he beautifies and garnishes the heavens and the earth. And then in Genesis chapter 2 at verse 7, we see the creative, moving, life-giving, dynamic Spirit of God breathing out new life. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Well, in Luke chapter 24 and in Acts chapter 1, we see Jesus now insisting that the disciples must tarry in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit would come upon them in fullness of power. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Well, in Acts chapter 1, we feel the disciples' excitement. Oh, was this now the time where Christ would come in all his glory to reign? Rome's kingdom would now be destroyed and the fullness of the kingdom of God now be ushered in. And so they ask, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Well, Jesus replies, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Well, we now find Jesus ascending and the disciples just staring into the clouds. I'm sure they kept wondering about the times and the dates. Even today, many of us can get caught up wondering about the times and dates of Christ's return. Well, two angels now appear. Why are you gazing into the sky? This is not the time to be gazing whether gazing dreamily into the future or gazing on past regrets and disappointments or gazing at others, pointing the finger. I'm aware that the General Assembly of our own church has begun and I know the temptation to start gazing with disappointment where all our time is spent gazing and making plans to restructure. Well, as the disciples were gazing, the angels reminded them, this is not the time to be gazing. It is time to wait. It is time to wait on the Lord. Why? Well, why did the early church need to wait? They saw their need of Pentecost. Well, I want you to notice the disciples, here they are, returning from the hillside, praising and rejoicing. They had been commissioned by Jesus to go throughout the world, preaching the gospel of salvation making disciples, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching to obey all that Jesus taught. And so Jesus was clear. They can't do this on their own. They must wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon them. 
until they are clothed with power from on high. And so in Acts chapter 1, we see a church who believe in the risen Christ. They believe in the power of prevailing prayer. They believe in the second coming of Christ and they believe in the word of God. But despite their strong faith, they lack the power and fullness of the Holy Spirit. We can have all the enthusiasm, all the right doctrines. We can have a lively church, a great evangelism programme. We can be very busy, have an amazing website, great online ministry, fantastic social outreach. But if we don't know the power of the Holy Spirit, then we have nothing but a golden calf. Remember Moses? Before he ascended the mountain to enter the presence of God, he told Aaron and the people of God to wait. Wait until he returned. And there, while on the mountain, Moses pleads with God, I'm not leaving here unless your presence goes with me. Moses knew how to wait. He knew his need of the presence of God. But then we notice Aaron and God's people who couldn't wait. Can you see them with all their enthusiasm, the dancing, the joy, yet it was empty of spiritual life? The church at Corinth had some members who had become arrogant and who were self-confident in their own strength and abilities. Oh, they could talk the faith, but sadly were not walking the faith. Paul writes, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk but of power. Paul goes on to say that when he visits the church at Corinth, he doesn't want to hear about the church. He wants to see the power of the Holy Spirit at work. Well, I remember laughing at the story told of a lady who went into a jeweller's shop with her expensive watch. The watch had stopped. The jeweller went in behind the store and appeared five minutes later, informing her that her watch was now repaired. How could you have repaired it so quickly? He replied, I just needed to replace the battery. The lady responded, I didn't realise it took batteries. I've just been winding it up every day. Although we may laugh, sometimes that is how many of us live the Christian life. We just need to wind ourselves up each day. We just do what we can in our own strength. We try and be good Christians. We say our prayers. We have our devotions. We have our Bible readings. And we do what we can. But oh, the need of the hour is the power of the Holy Spirit. Even the early church saw their need for Pentecost. Oh, they saw a need to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. William Booth, the great general of the Salvation Army, he wrote this wonderful hymn, O God of burning, cleansing flame, send the fire. Your blood-bought gift today we claim, send the fire today. Look down and see this waiting host and send the promised Holy Ghost. We need another Pentecost. Send the fire today. Send the fire today. Well, like the early church, I also believe that we need another day where God would breathe upon us. Oh, how we need a harvest of revival. Yes, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to experience a baptism of fire. Oh, to know life again. Well, it's the need of the hour. The world needs to see an empowered church. The world needs to see Christians clothed with power from an eye. 
Even the prophet Zechariah reminds us, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord Almighty. When the Lord spoke to Ezekiel there in the valley of dry bones, he told him to prophesy to the breath, Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on thee slain, that they may live. Oh, the early church saw their need of Pentecost, but they also understood the significance of Pentecost. Well, it was during the Feast of Shavuot, the people of Israel would come in praise and thanksgiving. You would bring a sheaf of wheat bound by a cord of straw. All the sheaves were then placed on the oxen, forming a great procession to the temple. Well, seeing all the first fruits brought together in one place gave a great picture of what the full harvest could be. Well, Hebrew and Aramaic-speaking Jews refer to the festival as the Feast of Weeks, while Greek-speaking Jews call it the Feast of Pentecost, meaning 50th. And so the feast was therefore held 50 days after Passover. They would give thanks for the new life and growth of their first crops. Well, in later tradition, Pentecost was also a celebration of the giving of the law at Mount Sinai, where Israel experienced a rebirth as a nation. They were born again. And even during the celebrations, the book of Ruth would be read, reminding Israel that even a stranger, a Moabite like Ruth, could find rest and refuge under the wings of God. Well, it's interesting to note that at the end of the Feast of Pentecost, the people had to go out from Jerusalem and were to work hard through the summer months in the hope of bringing in a great harvest. The harvest would end with the Feast of Tabernacles, which would be a time of great joy, great liberty, great freedom and great victory, a celebration of God providing and bringing his children through their wilderness wanderings and into the eternal presence of God. Pentecost is therefore just the beginning. It's the first fruits. With the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, what a sight, as the disciples saw a harvest of 3,000 souls ushered into the kingdom. Oh, the fields are white into harvest. Well, let's now consider the effects of Pentecost. The first thing we notice is that when the Spirit came, they were glorifying Jesus. Oh, I like that. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Well, A.W. Tozer writes on the marks of the Spirit-filled church and says the Holy Spirit will always come upon a life or church that glorifies Jesus. And so here they were gathered in one place of one accord glorifying Jesus. They had been praising, praying, waiting, longing, looking for the Spirit's coming, the promise of the Father. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit did not draw attention to himself, but caused the church to worship and glorify Jesus. Jesus must always have preeminence in our worship and in our witness. As Jesus says in John 16, 
he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. And so we read how on the appointed day, in the appointed place, at the appointed time, they are now filled, baptised, immersed in the Holy Spirit. The sound of a mighty rushing wind sweeps through, just like Moses on Mount Sinai, where he experienced such a mighty noise, like an earthquake, with thunderings and lightning, as he then experiences the sovereign presence of God. What a display of God's glory filled the mountainside. In Second Chronicles chapter 5, we also are reminded of another day that resembled Pentecost. The temple of Solomon is now built, and the people of God are praising and giving thanks. Suddenly, the cloud of God's glory fills the temple, and everything stops. A holy hush descends. As Jesus breathed on them in the upper room, now the breath of God filled not just the room, but the fullness of the Spirit, now filled their hearts and their lives to overflowing. We're also told that the fire rested upon each head. Through the scriptures, God appeared to Abraham as a burning lamp. He appeared to Moses in a burning bush. And through the wilderness, God appears as a pillar of fire. And there with Elijah on Mount Carmel, God appears as a consuming fire. Well, according to the scriptures, we see the early church baptised in the Holy Ghost and with fire. The power and cleansing fire of the Holy Spirit rested on each one of them and they heard and saw God at work. Well, this was a feast of first fruits. Remember, it was part of their tradition now to go out from Jerusalem and to bring in a great harvest over the summer months. And in the wisdom of God, we now notice that the disciples received the supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit to speak in other languages. Those who had settled in Jerusalem from other nations could hear the gospel in their own native tongue. The Spirit didn't just fill them. He began to speak through them as the Spirit gave utterance. What was the Spirit saying? Well, we're told that he was declaring the mighty works of God. Well, today, I believe we need another Pentecost. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I do believe we are to give special place to celebrating the day of Pentecost when the Spirit came. But I also believe Pentecost was a festival of first fruits. It was only the beginning. Today, we need the Holy Spirit to come upon us in greater measure. We need another Pentecost. The church desperately needs to be supernaturally filled with the Spirit, where we experience a fresh baptism of the love of Christ. It's the only answer to the spiritual deadness that we see in our nation and in our denominations and in our churches and fellowships. Oh, how we need revival. Well, again, William Booth's great hymn captures the prayer of our hearts. God of Elijah, hear our cry, send the fire. And make us fit to live or die, send the fire today. To burn up every trace of sin, to bring the light and glory in. The revolution now begin, send the fire today. It's fire we want, for fire we plead. 
Send the fire. The fire will meet our every need. Send the fire today. The strength to always do what's right. For grace to conquer in the fight. For power to walk the world in white. Send the fire today. To make our weak hearts strong and brave. Send the fire. To live a dying world to save. Send the fire today. O see us on your altar lay. We give our lives to you today. So crown the offering. Now we pray. Send the fire today. O may the Lord revive you, fill you and clothe you with power from on high. O may the Lord bless you. Well, let's worship together as we sing in this beautiful hymn, Floods of Revival, Lord let them fall, streams of salvation reaching to all.
Well, I'm now going to invite Helen Wilson to lead us in our intercessory prayers. Thanks, Helen. Let us pray together. Father God, we come to you with grateful hearts that we can come directly to your throne of grace. We come in the name of our risen Saviour, who is exalted to your right hand. As we celebrate Pentecost, we are reminded that we are not left alone when you ascended, but you sent the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, counsellor, friend and helper. Today we ask for a fresh anointing. As the hymn writer has put it, Holy Spirit, rain down, O comforter and friend, how we need your touch again. Let your power fall, let your voice be heard. Come and change our hearts as we stand on your word. Holy Spirit, rain down. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can know what God has in store. So open heaven, open it wide, over your church and over our lives. Holy Spirit, rain down. Give us power and courage to tell the good news of Jesus at every opportunity. Let us see many turning to you and being added to your church. We pray especially for our families and friends who once walked with you, but who have now wandered away. Holy Spirit, touch their hearts and let them see that they need you. We know that you are waiting with open arms to welcome the prodigals home. So grant that they will respond to your touch and acknowledge you as Lord of their lives. O Father, this world is in turmoil, but even though the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, nations are in uproar and kingdoms fall, you still say to us, Be still and know that I am God. Lord, when everything else is falling apart, increase our faith in you. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Father, do bless all who faithfully preach your word. Grant wisdom to pastors and leaders as they take responsibility for their congregations. Help us, your church, to love one another and to encourage one another whenever we can. May we reflect Jesus in all we do and bring glory and honour to his name. Hear our prayers, Lord as we ask everything in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, once again, thank you so much, Helen, for leading us in our intercessory prayers. Well, we're now going to sing in our closing hymn, Spirit of God.
now let us go in the strength of the Lord and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son and Holy Spirit be with us and remain with us now and always. Amen.